Well, hello, Parkview. Just want to say uh, hello today, and I'm glad that you have made the choice uh, to be here this weekend as we continue this series called Hashtag Wisdom. And if you've been with us for the last few weeks, you know that we've been studying the book of Proverbs. And uh, the thing I've kind of been challenging you, we've been challenging you to do as a community, so we're not just studying on the weekend, but also during the week, is uh, a couple of things. I just want to remind you of these things as we start today. The first thing is simply this, that you would read the chapter of Proverbs that corresponds to the day that we are living Read the chapter that corresponds to the day that we are living. So if today is the 23rd, you read Proverbs chapter 23. Uh, If tomorrow's the 24th, you read chapter 24. If if you forget a few days and you miss a few days, then you read, you know, the 30th on the 30th of the month. But you read the chapter of Proverbs that corresponds to the day that we are living. And I want to challenge you to, to not only continue to do that through this series, But even in the next few months of this year, in the coming years of your life, read the chapter that corresponds to the day that you are living. And then also this, if you're on social media, use these hashtags wisdom and Parkview so that we can be following each other along. If you're on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, I would love to follow along with you and grow and learn with you in wisdom all week long. So, with those things being said, as we start into our time of study today, let me just ask you this question. Can you remember one of the very first times that somebody was dishonest with you? The very first time in your life that somebody, like, lied to you. For me, I have to go all the way back uh, to when I was like five or six years old. That's the first I can remember anyway. Uh, I was in kindergarten age, and I can remember that because I remember the house that we were living in still at 617 South Stevenson. I can even remember our address. That's crazy. And I can remember it was like a Saturday morning, five or six years old, and I was going over to my friend Mike's house because we had a bunch of guys and we were going to play baseball or something like that on a Saturday morning. I get over to Mike's house, and and he and some other buddies tell me that the baseball and the bat and things like that are in this closet, and I need to go in and get them. And so I went ahead and went into this closet to get the baseball and the bat and stuff like that, and my friends locked me in the closet. And I was just five or six years old. I mean, I was a little kid, and they locked me in the closet for what seems like an eternity to me. And, and I can remember thinking at like this very young age, just a little kid, I remember thinking, you know what? My friends, my friends are liars. My friends have been, they're lying to me. And I, I wish that had changed, that, that mindset. I wish that I didn't have that continue in my life as I grew up. But even all the way through elementary school, I had other friends who ended up lying to me about things. Through, through junior high and, and, and through high school, I had people lie to me all the way into adulthood. Growing up in the church, I had people lie to me about things. Did, did you know that even Christians lie sometimes? It's true, isn't it? We, we've seen that in our lives, but not only church people, not only Christians, but also employers lie 
and employees lie, and, and, and sometimes politicians lie, and sports stars lie, and pastors lie, and sometimes even husbands and wives. They'll say the most deceitful things, and they'll lie to each other. And have you ever had this time in your life? Have you ever just kind of wanted to stand up and, and just kind of say at the top of your lungs to everybody around, have you ever just wanted to say, hello, would everybody just stop lying? Would everybody please just be honest? You ever wanted to do that? I mean, what a difference it would make in our lives, right? What a difference it would make in our world if we would just be honest with people. You know, the book of Proverbs uh, that we've been studying these last few weeks, it, it has a whole lot uh, to say about this idea of being honest and, and telling the truth. Uh, take a look at just a few of these verses in the book of Proverbs. Lips that lie are disgusting to the Lord. Honest people are his delight. Just Tell us the way it is, right, Proverbs? That's what I love about it. You know, honest people are his delight, but lips that lie are disgusting. Proverbs just tells us exactly how it is. This word right here, people, however, is kind of a generic word, isn't it? So it may be helpful for us today in our study to say something like this. Honest students are his delight. Or honest pastors are his delight. Honest employers are his delight. Honest parents are his delight. Proverbs is pretty clear about that. What about this verse? He who guards his lips guards his life, but he who speaks rashly will come to ruin. Or what about this verse in Proverbs chapter 15? The, the tongue that brings healing is a tree of life. But the deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. Everybody on both campuses say crushes. Everybody say crushes. That the deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. I'll tell you what, there have been a number of times uh, over the course of my life, pr pretty much actually on a monthly or maybe even a weekly basis, I interact with people whose hearts and, and whose spirits have just been crushed by somebody's deceitful words. Their hearts have been broken by somebody else's broken promises. Let me do this. Let me just give you a, a small handful of things that I have had people say to me just over the last few months of my life. These are things that people have said to me about the dishonesty that they have experienced in their lives. How about this? He said he would always be faithful, says the wife who is just learning about her husband's affair. She said the pills weren't a problem, says the husband who is just learning about his wife's addiction to prescription medication. They said they were in love. They told us what they told us is they still love us, says the children 
who are wrestling and trying to really figure out their parents' divorce. You know, he said that he would pay me after I did the work, says the contractor, who spent three weeks on a job and not been paid a thing. He said he, he, said he would never show that picture to anyone. says the teenage girl who sent a picture of herself to her boyfriend on social media and is now coming to understand the brutal reality of the connected world in which we live. And I know, Parkview, when we talk about lying and when we talk about deceit, a lot of times we start thinking to ourselves, but isn't, isn't there like levels of lying? I mean, you have like the big whopper lies and then you have, you know, like the little just, you know, half truths and white lies. And then in between you have all kinds of exaggerations. Aren't there different levels of lying? And, and the truth is, I think we need, we feel like we need levels of lying in our lives. But I'll tell you this, as I study scripture, I don't really see levels. I, I don't really see any levels of lying, all lying, all uh, dishonesty is considered deceit whether it's a big huge whopper or whether it's just a little white lie it is wrong it is sinful it is deceit I'm not sure there are really levels of lying but I will tell you this I think there is probably a progression of lying I think there are probably stages that, that we go through when we start to be deceitful. And I want to put these up on the screen and I want to ask you to just write these down in your notes. If you would, write all five of these things down in your notes, in your Bible, in your program, on your smartphone, on your tablet, whatever you have with you today. Write all of these things down because these are kind of the stages that, that you and I would go through when we start to be deceitful. And I want you to know something. Listen, listen, Parkview. This is a slippery slope. It's a slippery slope when you start to be deceitful. It's something that you could fall into. It's something that I personally could easily fall into. So here's the first stage of this lying and deceit. It's simply that you lie. And, and, and this is that you just begin to tell a single lie. And how many of you know one single lie, just one lie in our lives can become a spark that kind of lights the whole forest on fire, right? One single lie can be a spark that lights our whole life on fire. And so what happens next? You begin to self-protect. You tell one single lie, and then you have to kind of protect yourself. So you begin to lie about having lied, right? You begin to tell lies about the lies. How many of you know that lies travel in packs? They travel in packs, Lies, it's been said, lies need bodyguards. And so a lot of times they travel together and we begin to lie about the things that we've just lied about to cover up those lies. And when you and I begin to do that, here's what happens next. In stage three, you begin to develop a habit. You begin to develop a habit of lying in your life. And, and, you, and, and you begin to tell these things over and over and over. And it even begins to be like unnecessary lies. Have you ever been at that place in your life? 
Just kind of do a self-diagnostic. Have you ever got to the place where you're trying to cover things up and you just get in such a habit of being deceitful that all of a sudden you start to be dishonest about things that don't even really matter? Like you start to tell lies about what you ate for lunch yesterday? It's like, who cares what you ate for lunch yesterday? But we're dishonest about it because it begins to be a habit in our lives. And then what happens if it begins to be a habit and begins to be part of the fabric of our lives? Then you begin to self-deceive. And you begin to actually believe the lies that you are telling. And then if you begin to self-deceive, maybe you move on to stage five and that is you begin to rationalize so not only now do you believe the lies that you're telling but you believe that you're telling them for a good reason you rationalize these lies that you're telling are actually listen to this this is what we actually think sometimes they are for a very noble purpose and we kind of feel good about it those are the stages of lying that we kind of go through. And again, it's a slippery slope in our lives. And any one of us is susceptible to this sort of thing. So the question is this, what does Proverbs tell us about this? What does Proverbs tell us that we should do when it comes to truth-telling and dishonesty and things like that? If you're taking notes today, the very first thing I want you to write down in your notes is simply this, that Proverbs says that we should speak less we should just simply speak less if you and i would not speak as much it would probably be a good thing in many of our lives Uh, take a look at this verse in proverbs uh, chapter uh, 10 it says when words are many sin is not absent but he who holds his tongue is wise Isn't that a good verse? When words are many, sin is not absent, but he who holds his tongue is wise. Now, let me tell you something about this verse. For some people, this verse is harder than for other people. It's just harder for some than others. And and I don't want you to be upset with me and, and resist the urge to, you know, like throw things at me today. But I'll tell you this, in some ways, this verse is gender related. Okay, it is gender related. And then here's why, again, just bear with me to the end of this. The, the statistics say that men speak about 7,000 words a day. And it also says that, that ladies speak about 20,000 words a day. And so they just speak a lot more. Ladies, you speak a lot more. And I know, ladies, right now you're kind of arguing with me and you're saying, well, Todd, the reason we speak so many more words is because we have to tell you, we have to tell men everything two to three times in order for you to get it. And you know what? I think that's probably true. I think you're being truthful with that. But the fact of the matter is, whether you're male or whether you're female, whether you're young or old, whether you've been at church a lot of your life or just a little bit, the truth is that we would be wise. We could dramatically increase our level of wisdom. And we could dramatically increase our level of honesty and truth-telling if we would just speak a little bit less. Take a look at these other verses in the book of Proverbs. The tongue of the wise commends knowledge, but the mouth of the fool gushes foolishness. What about this one? The heart of the righteous weighs its answers, 
but the mouth of the wicked, again, there's the word gushes evil. When our words gush out of us, a lot of times it's just not good. It's not profitable. Or what about this verse? A man of knowledge uses words with restraint, and a man of understanding is even-tempered. Or what about this verse in Proverbs chapter 17? Even a fool is thought wise if he keeps silent and discerning if he holds his tongue. Isn't that good? Even a fool is thought to be wise if he keeps silent. And I think that's just, that's great wisdom for our lives. Or I love, I love the way, it's not a proverb, but I love the way Mark Twain says this. He says, it's better to keep your mouth shut and appear foolish than open it and remove all doubt. I think that's true, isn't it? It's just so true in our lives that you and I could dramatically increase our level of, of honesty if we would just pause sometimes, if we would just show some restraint, if we would be more careful with the words that we speak. You know, in, in the Bible, the author of, of, of Proverbs says, you know what, Here, here's the truth about you and I as human beings. The, the author says, you know what, you don't have to express every thought that comes to your mind. You and I do not have to participate in every conversation. You and I do not always have to have the last word. Our level of honesty would dramatically increase if we would just speak Less. Here's a second thing if you're taking notes today that the book of Proverbs says about being honest, and it says this that we should speak truth. That we should simply speak truth. And that makes sense, right? That if you're going to be more honest, you and I probably should speak more truth. And take a look at this verse in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 3. It says, Do not let kindness and truth leave you bind them around your neck and write them on the tablet of your heart don't let truth leave you write it down on the tablet of your heart you know Parkview as I look back over the course of my life I'll tell you this the, the the whole direction of my life has been changed several times by just a few people who have had the guts to, to speak truth into my life. But let me just tell you a, a couple of these moments very quickly. The first one I can think about when somebody spoke truth into my life when, was when I was 15 years old. I was a freshman in high school and I was at church camp with my youth group in Missouri and uh, it was going great it was a great week it was probably the third or fourth day of camp so it was kind of in the middle getting near the end of the week of camp it had been an incredible week and I remember th that afternoon my youth pastor came up to me and says hey Todd tonight after the evening session I want you to meet me over by the big bell and everybody knew about the big bell. It was three or four feet tall. It was over by the mess hall. And, and so I said, no problem. I'll meet you by the bell 
after the evening session. And so the day went on, I went through the evening session, and then as soon as the evening session was over, I jetted over to that big, huge bell. Everyone else was running around everywhere, and I can remember as a 15-year-old guy just standing there by this bell. It was starting to get nighttime. The lights were coming down on the camp. I could see some of the lights kind of glaring off this bell, and you could see the blue paint and the yellow paint and the red paint that had been put on it over the decades. It was kind of chipping off. And I remember just standing by the bell, just waiting for my youth pastor who told me to meet him there. A few minutes later, he shows up, and he was an incredibly courageous person. And he begins to talk to me about uh, different things in my life and and how glad he is that I'm a part of our youth group. And and he begins to talk to me about how proud he is of me in my life. And and he begins to talk to me about how he believes that I'm a leader. He, He calls me out as being a leader in our youth group. And it was all great and wonderful. But then my youth pastor kind of began to make a turn. And he began to say, Todd, you're a leader, but here's the thing, Todd. I'm not sure if right now you're, you're using your leadership gift that God has given you to lead people closer to Jesus. I'm not sure you're having a great influence on some of your other peers. And he kind of called me out on that. And he challenged me in that night at that bell to leverage and use my one and only life to lead people closer to Jesus. I'll tell you what, that one conversation, that one moment at the bell when I was 15 years old changed my life, changed the whole direction of who I am and what I've done with my life because he was willing to speak truth into my life. And fast forward another five years or so I wasn't a freshman in high school but I was a freshman in college and I can remember clearly my parents dropping me off right near here in the Chicagoland area over in Elgin Illinois at Judson College that's where I went to school my freshman year I was playing soccer and I can remember getting into my freshman year I was just there a couple of weeks and I was looking for a church and I ended up at Willow Creek Church Probably many of you are familiar with Willow Creek. I can remember as a 19-year-old kid sitting there at Willow Creek Church, and uh, I can remember like yesterday, Pastor Bill Hybels got up uh, to speak, and he was talking about the book of Malachi. And he began to talk about how sometimes what we do is we give God leftovers in our lives. We give the God the leftovers from our lives. And then I'll never forget this. I remember exactly what Bill said. He looked out at all of us and he said, "Here, here's the thing. He, he asked us, he said, what should you and I give to a God who has only ever given us his best? And I'll never forget that sentence. Because even though there were hundreds and thousands of other people in the room. It kind of felt like he was talking just to me. Have you ever been there? Have you ever felt like that? Like the the pastor, the preacher is up there on the stage and, and they're talking and there's all kinds of other people in the room. Maybe you feel that way right now. You feel like that 
somehow the message is just for you. And you begin to think, you know, how does he know that about me? I mean, has this guy been reading my mail or something like that? How does that work? Here's how it works, friends. The truth, the truth of God's word, the truth of the Bible actually cuts into our lives. The truth of the Bible actually exposes things and illuminates things in our lives that we didn't necessarily even know were there. And there have been many times in my life, it's probably the same for you, many times that people have spoke truth into my life. And it has been a very positive thing, it has been a very good thing. But here's the truth also. The truth sometimes is not pleasant, right? I mean, it's not always pleasant. Sometimes the truth is painful in our lives. Sometimes the truth hurts. And my guess is there may be some of you here this weekend and you're thinking to yourself, you're tracking with this message about honesty and you're tracking with this message about truth. And part of the reason you're tracking so much is because you have a person, a family member, somebody at work, somebody at school that you know you need to speak truth to. And you don't want to do that maliciously. You know, you don't want to just take them down a notch, so to speak. You want to do it in love, but, but you're not sure how to do it. Here's what I want to do today. I want to share with you two guardrails, two things that you can do when you speak truth to someone, and it will greatly increase their ability to hear that truth. So if you have someone you need to speak truth to, here are two different guardrails that you can use to do that. Very practical today. Here's the first guardrail. If you're taking notes, write this down. Painful truth is best received in private. Painful truth is usually best received in private. Now, the temptation many times for us in our lives uh, is to, uh, to confront somebody in front of a group. That way we'll have the protection of a group and it won't be so awkward and things like that. But I'm telling you, friends, I promise you, Parkview, your chances for positive results are greatly enhanced when you go to the person privately and talk to them about this thing. There's not a person, my, my guess is, there's not a single person on, on any of our campuses who just dreams of being confronted publicly. Right? Probably not. There's not any of us who just lie awake at night and think, you know what, Todd? Here's my dream. Here's my wish. If, if somebody would just call me out, that would be amazing. No, that, that's probably not us. Now, there may be two or three of you in the room because you're strange, okay? But for the rest of us, for most of us, we don't want to be called out in public. It's better when it's done in private. T take a look at this verse in the Bible in the book of Matthew. It says, if your brother sins, go and show him his fault in private and if he listens to you you have won your brother oftentimes this painful truth is best received in private now here's that's the first guardrail now let me show you the second guardrail for telling this and that is that painful truth is best received in the context of friendship so first of all it's best received in private but secondly, painful truth is best received in the context of friendship. I'll tell you this. As I look back over like the landscape of my life, over the years of my life, there have been a good handful of people who have kind of 
called me out, who have talked to me about some painful truth in my life. And I'll tell you this, the, the reason, as I look back on it, the reason I accept this truth in my life is because the truth teller is a trusted friend. Don't miss that. Write that down in your notes if you missed it. The reason I accept it is because the truth teller is also a trusted friend. And I'm telling you, that completely changes the game. Take a look at what the Bible says in the book of Proverbs chapter 27. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Isn't that good? Wounds from a friend in our life can be trusted, but an enemy, you know what an enemy does? They just kind of multiply kisses. Here, here's the way this verse looks, that what the enemy does in our lives is the enemy just kind of tells us what we want to hear. A friend, however, will tell you what you need to hear. Did, did you get that, Parkview? An enemy a lot of times just tells you what you want to hear. A friend will tell you what you need to hear. So it kind of looks like this. An enemy will just say things like, you know what? You are amazing. You are fantastic. You are uh, great. You are cool. That's what an enemy sometimes will say. A friend will say something like this. You are great. You are fantastic. You are amazing. You are messed up. You are gifted. You see what they did? The, the friend took all of those same things and they kind of they got the truth in there. You're great. You're fantastic. You're messed up. You're amazing. You're good. They get the truth in there. And, and, and the friend tells you actually what you need to hear in your life. They don't just multiply kisses and tell you what you want to hear. And I promise you this, Parkview, when you have to confront somebody, it's going to be best if you have the guardrail of doing it privately and also in the context of friendship. That's going to be the best way for somebody to hear that truth in their life. Which brings us to the very last thing I want you to write down in your notes, and that is this whole idea of hearing truth. Makes sense, right? We want to speak less, we want to speak truth, but finally, we want to hear truth in our lives. And uh, a lot of times, this gets really difficult because when somebody starts speaking truth into our life, we have to decide if we're going to hear it or not. And it's not easy to hear truth a lot of times about ourselves, is it? A lot of times when somebody starts to tell us truth, we, we want to kind of get defensive and say things like, okay, hello, hello, okay, listen, here's the thing. Who are you, right? I mean, who are you to tell me how to live? I mean, we live in the same house, right? You're just as messed up as I am. I mean, who are you to tell me or judge me about how it is I'm living? And oftentimes, it's not easy to hear truth about ourselves. But I'll tell you this. One of the greatest themes in the whole Bible and one of the greatest themes in the book of Proverbs is this ability to hear truth about ourselves. And take a look at this verse in Proverbs chapter 15, verse 31. It says, if you listen to constructive criticism, you will be at home among 
the wise. If you listen to constructive criticism, you will be at home among the wise. Isn't that good? The, the whole idea there being of criticism being that it's constructive criticism, right? I, I mean, there are many of us who love to give criticism often to everybody, but that's just not giving criticism. The, the whole idea is that you have to give constructive criticism. And, and let me show you something that I have learned about this whole notion of criticism. This is what I've picked up over the years. Take a look at this. If you want to write this down in your notes, constant criticism will make you bitter. Constructive criticism will make you better. Just constant criticism from people in our lives, when it just keeps coming in our lives, it just kind of makes us bitter. But constructive criticism, on the other hand, will make us better in our lives. And how many of you know there is a huge difference, right, between constant criticism and constructive criticism. And our whole goal, our whole goal in people hearing truth is not just to criticize them for criticism's sake, but our whole goal is that to give them constructive criticism. Why? So that they could be at home among the wise. That's what the verse says. Give them that criticism so they can have wisdom, so they can be at home among the wise. That is one of the biggest themes in the entire book of Proverbs. Now, to kind of wrap up this study today, to pull everything together and kind of put a bow on it, here's what I want to do. I want to speak just two truths that are valid for all of us. Whether you're young or old, whether you're male or female, 16 years old, 30 years old, 70 years old, whether you've been in church all your life or today is your first time back in church in a long time, these two truths will apply to all of us. And, and I'm just praying right now that in just these last few moments, you will just let these truths just like settle in. They'll, they'll just settle into your heart and your life. Here's the very first truth that I want you to know. And that is that we are all sinners in need of a Savior. Every single one of us. On all of our campuses, everybody sitting here, everybody watching online, we're all sinners in need of a Savior. Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every single one of us has. And I know some of you right now may, may be saying, You know what, Todd? Well, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm better than the person next to me. Or maybe you're thinking, You know what, Todd? I'm, I'm better than, than everyone in my row. I'm the best person in my whole row. Guess what? Who cares? Who cares? Because we're all sinners. We're all sinners in need of a Savior. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's the first truth. Now here's the second truth that I want us to know as a community today. The second truth is this. Anyone who accepts Jesus into his or her life will be saved. Any person who accepts Jesus into their life will be saved saved. Romans chapter 10 verse 13. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter what you're doing right now. Doesn't matter what you will do. 
every single person who calls on the name of Jesus will be saved. That is just a truth from the word of God. And here's the thing, Parkview. One of these days, you and I are going to be standing before God in heaven, every one of us. And he's going to say, why should I give you eternal life? And guess what? We're going to be standing there. And for many of us, we're going to like forget what to say. We're not going to know the words. We're going to forget what it was that, that got us there. And, and one of these days, having Jesus come and stand beside us is going to save our life. Having somebody come and stand beside you someday will completely change the game. And in order to make that truth real, that truth that I believe we're going to experience in eternity, I want you to just take a moment and I want you to watch this short, like one minute video about a young lady named Natalie Gilbert. Take a look at this short video about the need for someone to stand beside us. Uh, one of these days, here's, here's the truth, here's the truth. One of these days, words are going to fail us. And the only thing that's going to save us is Jesus coming and standing beside us and, and giving us the words to say. And you know what? The confidence will begin to return. That's the truth about you and me. So here's the next step today. If you're taking notes as we head out of here into this weekend, here's the next step today. Do you need to speak truth? or hear truth this week? Do you have somebody you need to speak truth to? Well, do it within the guardrails of in private and being a trusted friend. Do you, do you need to hear truth in your life this weekend? Maybe that, that you need Jesus in your life? Then be willing to hear that truth this week. Now let's pray together, Parkview, as we wrap our time up together today. God, thank you so much for the opportunity we have to come together on a weekend and to sing and to, to focus our hearts towards you and to spend uh, 35 minutes or so diving into your word and studying your word and looking at the book of Proverbs and just seeing how relevant and how ap ap applicable it is to our lives. God, I pray that you would help us to increase our level of honesty and truth-telling uh, by just speaking less sometimes. Uh, by, by speaking truth to people and by being willing to hear truth in our own lives. We love you. We thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you for your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.